Yeah, I had oh, I had wow. a horse named Carrot. Um, Carrot, that's the horse, cutest name ever. I had a horse named Joe, <laughs> but he was crazy. He was crazy. Crazy Joe. Hello, my name's Connor, and in this week's episode, we're chatting all about films and television shows that show the strange time when you're growing up and becoming a troublemaking teen. So, grab your popcorn, your favourite flavour, get yourself comfy. This is Fun Kids Streaming. George got chatting to the cast and crew of Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, Annie Murphy, Lana Condor and director Kirk D'Amico. And I spoke to Mega Max P all about the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Plus, 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 I have some top television and film picks to help you get ready for the holidays. But first, let me give you a quick rundown of Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. The ocean is a mysterious world. Humans know more about the surface of Mars than the floor of the ocean. And the sea creatures who live there, well, even the ones you have imagined, you've imagined them wrong. Take the mighty giant kraken, bloodthirsty monster, sinker of ships. Where are you even getting this? Krakens are majestic creatures and noble protectors. I'm just Ruby Gilman. Normal teenager. So Ruby Gilman is a shy 15-year-old girl who lives in the seaside town of Oceanside. She is desperate to go to the school prom, which is being held on a boat. Very, very cool, right? But her mum won't let her go. Why not? Well, you may wonder that. Well, her mum has been hiding a secret from Ruby. She is a direct descendant of the warrior Kraken Queens. And if she touches water, she grows into a huge Kraken monster. Will Ruby listen to her mum's advice and avoid the ocean? Or will she embrace her royal destiny? George got chatting to the cast and crew of Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, Annie Murphy, Lana Condor and director Kirk D'Amico. Annie, lovely to meet you. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you for asking. I'll jump straight in. So I'd love to know, kind of, is there is there anything that you've learned from from your characters, uh, from your character, or any, any of the any of the other characters in this film? Definitely. I mean, even though <laughs> the lesson from my character is exactly what you just said: is don't always judge a book by its cover, and things aren't always what they might seem, and there are many things that lie beneath the surface. But then I think on the on the nicer side with Ruby's character, I think that she's a character who didn't always feel comfortable in her own skin and didn't feel like she fit in at school with her peers. And then she found out this really incredible part of herself that she didn't know that she had. And it isn't necessarily something that she wanted to have as a part of her personality, but it was there. And it turns into a really, really wonderful, powerful thing that she got to share with her friends and her family and the people around her, and it turned into a very positive experience. So I think that that's, that's a tough thing when you're young to, you know, not feel comfortable and to, to have faith that it's going to kind of turn around and you're going to be able to turn the bad things into good things. But it, it really does happen. You just have to kind of yeah. believe and give it time. And it's a really important message, of course. Now, look, without giving too much away, there's a few surprises in this film, a few abilities that come out of the woodwork with some of the characters so i would love to know do you have a bit of a surprise party trick or or a fun fact or something that people always are a little bit surprised by when they when they meet you and you tell them um i have a really weird bone that not a lot of people have in my lower jaw uh below my teeth that's like literally all i've got going and it's really hard to show people at parties 
you don't like you make a very ugly face doing it but that's you know is you that do cool? the, i mean i suppose if you do it before you've had the party food otherwise it could get a little <laughs> yes. bit this is not like a mouthful of uh, chips and dips no definitely situation. not no hi lana lovely to meet you how are you good nice to meet you lovely to meet you too let's jump straight in because this film has got some really important themes and i think one of them is finding acceptance and confidence in ourselves and to some degree it's obviously something we all go through especially with a lot of our fun consistence at school so i would love to know what lessons you think maybe we could learn from ruby and, and this film more generally about kind of handling that process um i think do not be afraid to take up space do not be afraid to choose standing out versus fitting in. Straight up, there are going to be people who don't like you if you're yourself, and there are going to be people who love you if you're yourself. So it's kind of like a, you might as well be yourself, and you, you can't please everyone, period. So I think be yourself. You will find your tribe, and, and you will find the people that love you for you because it's just a, such a better life living living that way. <laughs> Could not put it any better. Um, and I know, sorry, we jumped in straight in the deep end, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on to something a little bit, a little bit more fun because okay. without giving too much away, there are there are you know a few surprisabilities that come out of the woodwork with a few of the characters in this film. So I would like to know if you've got like a surprise party trick or fun fact that people are always a little bit surprised by when you when you bring it up. Oh, um, well, I am. Uh, I'm a really good horseback rider. What? No way. Yeah. I competed as an equestrian for years, so I'm really good with the horses. <laughs> so you know that that cliche of when actors say they can ride a horse when they cut? You actually can do it. Yeah, I had oh, I wow. had a horse named Carrot. Uh, Carrot, that's the horse, cutest name ever. I had a horse named Joe, <laughs> but he was crazy. He was crazy. crazy Joe. <laughs> oh wow that's really cool you see you've, you've, you've yeah you've, you've nailed the brief there i am i am shocked and surprised in in the best possible way and carrot just sounds the coolest and joe that's not let's leave joe i know that you've you've written and directed a few movies with dreamworks now and i'd love to know what it's like working with a studio that has this kind of amazing pedigree for like classic animated hits like shrek and i could go on and on what's it like what's that relationship like well, I think for me, the most important thing is that a lot of the artists have been there for many, many years. Uh, so I've known a lot of them. And the one thing that they all across the board is they give 100% every day, they, even more. They, they love telling stories and putting themselves into it. And our film, and to just to call out, you know, just in what I believe is really makes it unique and special, the world build, the production design done by Pierre-Olivier Vincent, who did all the How to Train Your Dragon movies. And our animation this has got this new, fresh feel that Carlos Portolas and his team were able to bring, this sort of inspired by Octopus, this fluid sort of animation. Uh, you know, they're always looking to challenge themselves. And so we were always joking, like, you know, two of the hardest things in animation are beautiful hair and water. So we were like, let's combine them and try to make that work in this. So a movie completely underwater with a character with beautiful hair. So, uh, yeah, so it's like there's sort of certain things that the artists do love a good, do love a challenge. And to me, the effects department, the visual effects department in DreamWorks is the best. And so that opportunity to bring effects to a big epic kind of family film uh, was was really exciting. Well, the hair is lovely and so is the underwater stuff. So um, okay, great. very much 
tick that box, both boxes, okay. mission accomplished. That. I mean, it's interesting then. So, I, I mean, you know, you have worked on, you know, films you've written and directed that, you know, Crudes and, and Vivo with the same team. So how did you go about this project in terms of, you know, as you said, making things feel fresh and different? Is there a conscious process there or is it just continuing that relationship you have with the team in place? Well, we were lucky. We had, I had I had a co-director named Farron Pearl on this, who was the head of story before, and my producer Kelly Cooney. And so we were constantly looking for an opportunity in this. This was a mother-daughter story, uh, which is which is rare, and the first female-titled character in DreamWorks history. So that in itself was something that we had a great responsibility and a lot of excitement, and we we're very proud of, is creating a a story that she's you know we're a girl who's going through this, but we gave her the journey that you would give anyone. We put her through the ringer. We did not go easy. And she becomes a true hero. We made sure that the battles she fought were the battles you would expect of any hero. And that might go both, you know, on the epic scale of the battle against the villain at the end, or even just the domestic scale when you're fighting with your mother or your grandmother, you know, or your best friend or your frenemy. You know, the the thing was, is that it was important for us to treat uh, Ruby, not with kid gloves, not to pull mm. any punches just because she was uh, the, you know, a female lead. Absolutely. I mean, you touched upon uh, a little bit there. I don't want to give too much away. There are a few surprise skills and abilities that, that come out of the woodwork in this film uh, with a few of the characters. So I'd like to know what is your surprise party trick or fun fact that people are always shocked by when you reveal to them? When I reveal to them, oh, I mean, uh, I think sometimes, uh, well, they might be revealed that I'm actually English. That's different. I'm a UK citizen. And my mom was born in Falmouth. So there's one. Ah, there I did go. not know. There we go. Yeah, well, that's that's the reaction. That's the reaction that we were looking for. I was looking for. Ah, one of there's our one. own. I love there that. There you go. It's been a real pleasure, Kirk. Thank you um, to my fellow Englishmen. Yes, here we go. Thanks, George. Super, super cool. Remember that you can watch Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken in cinemas now. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth, available wherever you get your podcasts. So who doesn't love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I spoke to Pete from Megamag about the release of the new film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Hey, Pete. Hey, Connor. How's how's it going? Yeah, it's going really, really good. Pete is from Megamag, if you're new here. Pete is basically our friend. He's also uh, the one that knows everything about everything that we need to know about. Is that a good way to describe you, Pete? That's perfect way of describing it. Fantastic. Well, the topics recently have been really good because there's so much fun stuff happening and uh, it's about to get a whole lot more fun, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of mayhem, a bit of chaos is coming up. We've got the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming right up real soon. Yes. Okay. So I would like to know a little bit more about this because it's a massive, massive franchise. There's been so much over the years. So what can we expect from the, the new bit? I mean, it's sort of like a reboot, but the reason this one's different to all the others is because... Even though it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this is probably the first one where they actually act like teenagers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're actually acting like the name of the show. Yeah, exactly. They're not all like grown-up characters who are all super serious. They're just a group of four mates who want to have a laugh, you know, and, and they also happen to be really good at martial arts. 
Okay, so what can we expect from it in terms of like action? Is it quite action based, or is it a little bit more sort of understanding why they are what they are and how it works? Like, do we know much about that? Yeah. So, so basically, they've spent their entire lives growing up in the sewers, and then they finally decide, you know what? At night, let's start sneaking around the city and just, you know, making cool videos of us on rooftops doing ninja skills and stuff like that. And then obviously they bump into a human and become friends and start learning about the world. Okay, so they start learning about the actual real world, but from a human as turtles. Yeah, that's it. And then this human happens to be a reporter who's looking at, you know, criminals in the city. So the ninjas, they're like, well, we can help out with that. You know, we're super, oh. we're super talented ninjas. We'll help you catch bad guys. But they're teenagers. So they sort of jump in at the deep end, bite off a bit more than they can chew. They're not quite ready for it. I'm really, really excited about this. I'm really excited. And also as well, I'm super excited because Jackie Chan's in it. Yeah, he plays Master Splinter, the guy who trains the turtles. Uh, absolute yeah. legend of the martial arts genre. He's uh, awesome. I think whenever you're making a martial arts film, especially a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you need to be giving Jackie Chan a call, don't you? Come on. Oh, he was first on the call list, definitely. 100%. Without um, him, no movie. So it's out 4th of August. Uh, how excited are you for it, Pete? Because I'm super excited. I love Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really excited actually about this as well because I think it's really interesting with a lot of films when you kind of get a little bit more of an understanding as to how they become what they are in the films. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, backstories. I love that. I love it when you show them when they're a bit younger, when they're not perfect superheroes, you know. They're still learning how, how the world works. That's what I love. So I'm, I'm super stoked. It's been, I love Turtles as a kid and it's been a long time since there's been one which has been really good. So I'm just, I've got my fingers crossed for this one. Yeah, it's out on the 4th of August. And uh, yeah, it's called Mutant Mayhem, which means it's going to be full of mayhem. P, I hope you enjoy watching it. I certainly will. And I'll see you next week. Yeah, catch you next time. Now for this week's must-watch picks, I've chosen three films and TV shows that feature the most brave, creative and superpowered teenagers we all want to be friends with. Trust me. So first up, we have Silverpoint. What's the number one rule? No Which means you stay this side of the fence. Look, four kids disappeared in these woods 23 years ago, never to be seen again. Um, everybody? A group of teenagers at an adventure camp discover a strange artefact. They have to uncover what happened to the fate of four previous campmates who mysteriously disappeared 20 years ago. Will the team be able to work together and uncover the mystery? Or will they uncover more than they imagined would be hidden in the woods? Ooh. You can watch the new season of Silverpoint on CBBC or catch up on BBC iPlayer. So next up, we have Their Master on ITVX. Meet Danny, the bravest presenter ever. In Dare Master, Danny takes on the most daring and dangerous dares you can possibly imagine. He has bungee jumped off bridges, driven sports cars, jumped out of aeroplanes and even driven a tank blindfolded. Don't miss this awesome show. Catch you on ITVX. And finally, it wouldn't be the end of the school year without... High School Musical! Come on, move it! Let's go! For the East High Wildcats. We are days away from our biggest game of the year. Basketball is everything. Wildcats is everything! 
You are so dedicated. But when their star player steps off the court... Any last-minute sign-up? I'd like to audition, Miss Darbus. And onto center stage... I'll sing with her. There is nothing better to be doing over the holidays than having a sleepover and watching all high school musical films back-to-back with popcorn, of course. Everyone loves popcorn. Join the gang at East High for a roller coaster of a school year with plenty of singing, plenty of dancing and plenty of basketball. Watch all three films available now on Disney+. Plus. So there we go. That's all we've got time for on this week's episode of Stream It. A good week. If you enjoyed the episode, give us a follow so you don't miss future episodes and rate the podcast five stars too. I'm Connor and Stream It is made by Fun Kids, the UK's children's radio station. This episode was produced and edited by Hebe Lawson. Great job. If you want to get involved with future episodes in the future, head over to funkidslive.com forward slash stream it to see how you can hear your voice on the pod. That's right. See you soon. Bye. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.